Welcome to the Sensual Artistry Podcast, exploring erotic awakenings and liberated love. I'm your host, Luna Agnea, a sensual arts and intimacy facilitator, relationship coach, tantrika, and artist with a passion for the path of liberation through love. In this podcast, you will receive firsthand stories of sacred erotic awakenings, transformational experiences, and love that goes beyond limits. This podcast is here to inspire, educate, and awaken your own sensual artist, because when you liberate your eros, you liberate your life. Hey, it has been a little while since I've recorded a podcast episode. I've been in Bali running the Central Arts Retreat and then the Central Arts Facilitator Training, a month-long training. So yeah, it's been pretty full-on last couple of months. Uh, yeah, in deep containers with a lot of people um, stretching my capacities of uh, holding space for such long periods of time. But back now I'm in Australia for a little bit and yeah back to recording some episodes and making some new content and yeah the topic I want to talk about today is moving from rupture to repair so what do I mean by this it's about how we go from conflict or discomfort or disagreements in relationships into repair and even beyond that into more healing deeper understanding deeper love and things like that um, so that conflict situations can actually become an opportunity to create deeper love and connection and yeah it's been really amazing this last year especially I guess really seeing how much has changed with this within myself within just a few years really of like committing to learning these kind of practices and studying communication and um, really putting into practice a lot of these skills and kind of getting more comfortable with being uncomfortable I guess uh, and having hard conversations with people so I just yeah say for those that don't already know much about me or anything I was incredibly avoidant I have very classic avoidant attachment style uh, growing up much more secure now but basically like a lot of people my upbringing was that conflict basically was just a lot of yelling at each other storming away going to your room and crying and then eventually just kind of sheepishly coming out and pretending that nothing ever happened uh, and just ignoring it and obviously the problems would just kind of keep coming back because there was never really any resolution. Um, there are very few times that I can think of growing up where I had any examples of, you know, really working through conflict in a conscious way, really figuring out like, what are the needs that people have that are causing us to feel this way? And how do we meet those? And yeah, like, it's really quite shocking when you start learning uh, more productive and conscious ways to move through ruptures or situations uh, and then you start being like wow like why are so many of us so incapable of these skills and of navigating this it's quite shocking and it really is so life-changing once you learn to 
be able to move through conflict in a conscious way um, and just how amazing it can be to repair and to actually find yourself better off after the conflict than you were before in a relationship. So even just in my intimate relationship with Tris, then we really see this, that often um, some of like the hottest sex or the most like deep juicy love and stuff actually comes after we've had some kind of conflict. And this is usually because there will be some kind of unconscious uh, patterns playing out maybe or some unmet needs just kind of stirring around that we're not really aware of until it comes up with some kind of conflict uh, whether that's just you know getting annoyed at each other over the house cleaning or whether it's uh, something a bit bigger and yeah then like like most people will experience this stuff kind of like builds up and piles on and uh, maybe it's not being addressed beforehand until it gets to this breaking point where you end up uh, both getting quite fired up and getting frustrated and then uh, yeah things kind of turn into a bit of a heated argument and usually then like what majority of people do is just uh, you know kind of double down on like I'm right, you're wrong, trying to defend themselves, trying to justify themselves, um, really wanting to make the other person wrong or prove their rightness, prove that they are justified in their feelings or whatever. And very few people in conflict will actually get curious about the other person and be willing to maybe admit that their behaviors aren't uh aligned or <laughs> aren't very conducive to happiness to put their ego aside and be like okay maybe I'm being a bit of an asshole right now or maybe I'm uh you know being petty or defensive or something and to actually kind of turn it on and like yeah like what is it that you're experiencing what are you feeling what is it that you're needing right now and then like can we find a way to come together and to yeah, collaborate to find a solution where we can both be happier and more connected and more in love if you're in a relationship or just more harmonious, maybe if it's family or friends or something like that. So yeah, with my work as a, I mean, relationship coach, obviously, this is a lot of what I'm doing with couples is getting them to start to feel into these conflicts and then what are the underlying pieces and try to find ways to communicate what's actually going on for them, like dig beneath the surface because usually there'll be this surface level thing. Like um, an example is the thing with uh, like house cleaning and doing the dishes. Tris and I have like gone on actually quite a deep process around this topic because like for him, uh, like me not doing the dishes as much or helping clean as much was like a sign of disrespect. And um, it was, yeah, something like very cultural because he comes more from like um, his family being Asian. And there's a very big thing around like respect and cleanliness and stuff like that. So there's you know quite a big emphasis on that being a sign of love and respect to be cleaning. Uh, and then on my side, it was that I have chronic illness and was going through a lot of like chronic fatigue and 
um, that I'd had like a lot of shame put on me throughout my life for what I don't have the energy to do and that it actually takes me like a lot more energy than other people to do that. So you know, this surface level conflict of like, oh, do the dishes more. Oh, you're always like, just let me rest or whatever. Um, like actually underneath that was so many other pieces uh, that were kind of not in our conscious awareness, but were coming up underneath and why it was becoming such a big deal, even though it didn't feel like a big deal. So then, yeah, once we were able to kind of dig under the surface there and start to see like, okay, this isn't actually about the dishes. This is about Tris wanting to feel more respected and loved. And this is about me wanting to be given some slack and like recognize that, um, you know, my chronic illness is like a type of disability and it's uh, really like affects me. And like, I feel a lot of shame around um, my inability to have enough energy to contribute the same ways. So then from that place of being like, oh, okay, like we can have so much more compassion for the other person and we can also find like, what are some other ways that we might be able to meet those needs or, um, or yeah, even just like understanding it and stuff. It's like, okay, like when he was able to really understand um, that this was such a like big deal for me and was linked with like so many stories and so much stuff and like years and years and years of trauma around um, being chronically ill, then he was able to be like, oh, okay, like I can cut her some slack and recognize like if she needs to rest, it's actually not just that she's lazy or inconsiderate. It's actually like a much bigger thing. And, you know, then I could say like, okay, like how can I show more respect? And like, if that's not in my ability to do the dishes, is there another way? Or can I show more like gratitude or appreciation when he does it? And uh, then we're able to, yeah, like meet each other in that middle ground. But then when all that stuff's still unconscious and you're not actually aware of it, it's really hard to meet those deeper needs and to have compassion for each other. Cause you might be like, ah, like you're just such an asshole. Why are you always on my back about the dishes? Like why is, you know, it's fine if the dishes are just left out for a day, it's not going to kill anyone. And then you just start thinking like, wow, this person's an, like, up themselves they're this or that you start putting all these labels and stories on them about like who they are and putting them into this category and saying like oh that's your thing um and then yeah like he would be making stories about me oh she's lazy she's this or she's that when we take off those stories and start seeing that actually there's so much more complexity to this, there's so many more like years of our upbringings, of our traumas, of our family dynamics, like there's so much more at play. So once you start seeing that, then you're like, oh, okay, like it's not, yeah, it's not just about the dishes and like, yeah, how do we meet those needs in another way? So yeah, I mean, that's some examples of how, like, just in some day-to-day life <laughs> things we've managed to work through um, from, yeah, like a rupture, from an argument or whatever into, like, a deeper understanding of each other and a deeper sense of, like, compassion and love for one another. And, yeah, I've also been seeing it in 
the workshops and retreats and events and stuff that I've been running, like how this can come into play in even bigger situations. So yeah, in our sensual arts retreat recently, there was like a rupture in the container where there were some consent accidents. Um, this is, yeah, like a consent accident is like when, you know, there's uh, maybe not totally clear boundaries um, where it's not that someone has like purposely gone to grab someone um, without permission or something like that but maybe you know someone had a boundary and it wasn't like totally clear to the other person and then it's an uncomfortable situation but it's not that a person's like an evil perpetrator and they were uh, doing this to to harm them or out of entitlement or something it's usually just because it was actually an accident and it wasn't clear for them. Um, so we had a situation where there was this rupture and it was like a really uncomfortable and challenging situation to go through. And uh, a lot of our participants had said like in other events, usually this would just get like pushed to the side and be like, okay, that's your thing to work through all of you separately, whatever. Um, but we decided to like lean into the situation and to really like give space for people to be heard. Cause I'd had similar things happen to me and, uh, festivals and events before where I'd been the one that had had the, um, consent violation or whatever happening to me. And I'd known like how it felt to be on that side. So I was like, okay, like what would I have needed or like to have happened uh, when that was me? And then like, how can I hold space for that? So we allow people to really like share what happened uh, to them and how it made them feel and stuff. And, you know, it was a bit of a shock in the group. And yeah, then it felt like there was trust broken in the group. Some people were really like, oh, I don't know who I can trust and I don't know what, what to do with it. And it was really challenging as a space holder to be like, oh shit, like people don't trust each other now. There's, um, like confusion it's not feeling as sexy anymore and yeah we just had to like kind of slow people down <laughs> like always in these situations it's like having some breaths doing some grounding slowing way down you know we decided to go back to some more like foundations and fundamentals instead of going further into more like sexy juicy practices we're like let's take it back a little bit uh, and then, yeah, the thing that came up for me was like, oh, like we just need some more heart sharing. So the next day we had like a heart share circle and it was so powerful, like just to see when we gave people the opportunity to all speak from their experience without like preaching, without uh, you or you or you. And just like, this is what's alive in me and this is how I'm feeling. And this is what's been coming up for me, how just like giving people space to really share what's real for them and what they're feeling just created such a powerful collective healing. And I was like, wow, I don't even really need to do much more uh, than that because people could really feel each other. So instead of this, like, you're the one that did it, you, 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 you're, you're this person, you're that person. There's people here that are this kind of person. Like, uh, there's that natural like defense mechanism where people want to like protect and point fingers and blame and have someone that's like the perpetrator or the bad person. Uh, and, you know, sometimes there is an actual perpetrator and that needs to be dealt with different. But a lot of the time, like people are just making mistakes and figuring things out. And um, it's not really that someone had like a malicious intention. Uh, so it needs to be 
dealt with different. And that comes down to like recognizing like, yes, we all make mistakes and we all deserve compassion when we make mistakes and we all have feelings and our actions have repercussions. And yeah, I found just like witnessing people just sharing about like what this situation brought up in them, what was moving in them. There was a lot of like archetypal things coming up around like uh you know this whole like men versus women like uh the way that men have perpetrated against women and all this kind of stuff was coming up even though the situation wasn't as black and white as that it wasn't just male and female it was um both genders and both genders uh but still it was like yeah it felt like a really deep collective healing experience and yeah I also like wanted to guide people and um, some eye gazing and stuff just getting people to really like see the multifaceted human because the problem with a lot of rupture and disagreements is that yeah we kind of turn someone into like our perception of them like they are the perpetrator they are the asshole they are lazy and um, we put our label on them and then we try to like put them into this rigid box and we stop seeing the complex multifaceted human that they actually are and yeah once we like put a label on someone then we start to dehumanize them and take away from the yeah really beautifully complex unique being that they are so yeah, the work there was to try to remind people of that in a loving way and try to open people up to compassion and recognizing like the complexity of the situation, that it's not so black and white, that people aren't just your label about them. And yeah, it was interesting then after this experience, the whole energy of the group just like dropped so deeper. It felt like before this rupture, there was a lot of like surface level hedonism, which is like fun and great. But, you know, it, it was all like, you know, feeling a little bit shallow, which is usually what happens in the first days of events anyway. Like there's, uh, you know, just like an emphasis on like, oh, fun and joy and connection. And this rupture and the repair process actually really had to invite people to slow way down, to be way more conscious of their actions, to be way more in tune with one another, to not just assume that other people are, you know, as open as they are, to not just assume that uh, everyone wants the same kind of touch that they like, all these kind of things. Like it made people have to really like drop in deeper bring more presence, bring more awareness, uh, bring more compassion. And that just really shifted the energy in the space. And it really felt like there was a deep collective healing that happened as well as a different quality to the experience that happened from there. Um, and yeah, while the rupture was happening, I was just reminding myself of that, how that happens in my relationships that often these ruptures 
can actually bring a lot more depth as well as passion and juiciness, not just uh, this more <laughs> complexity and uh, depth of being, but also like there is eros that comes with that because eros is about connection and truth and aliveness. Um, and that level of like vulnerability and awareness gives rise to really true eros not just surface level hedonistic stuff but like that real deep drive within us to like love and connect and see each other and be seen in our full humanness and see another in their full humanness and that is so powerful and so beautiful and I think that's really where this deeper layer of intimacy and connection comes from is like through this channel, like through this, um, yeah, just deepening and seeing people as not just objects for our pleasure, or our consumption, or our entertainment, but as the beautiful, unique, interesting, multifaceted creatures that they are and recognizing that like our actions and behaviors and things that happen moment to moment aren't just about what what happens in that moment. It also has to do with all of our upbringing and conditioning and stuff. And yeah, when we're going to events and retreats and workshops and stuff, like we're all still learning and growing um, in learning how to be intimate with one another and how to connect. Like it's so sad to see just how disconnected we are as, as people around intimacy, how we have culturally lost so many of these skills and abilities to relate to one another in a conscious, loving, compassionate way. And it takes work. And while we're working and trying to figure it out, mistakes are going to happen. People are going to get hurt or feel uncomfortable. And if we try to avoid that discomfort and we try to avoid those ruptures, we're actually also avoiding healing. Uh, if we try to just, you know, do this toxic positive, like only good vibes, I'm only here for the love and light positive stuff, then we're missing these opportunities to deepen into the complexity of reality um so you know i found that the more i've gained skills and learned how to be with discomfort be with the complexity of these situations and to be able to come back to love to come back to connection to come back to compassion then i feel way more like resilient i feel like a lot braver, braver in my ability to connect with others and explore. Cause I know even if ruptures happen or even if there is uncomfortable situations, like I know how to move out of that and come back to love and connection. And I think when people don't know how to do that, then they're just going to avoid uncomfortable situations altogether because it's like, I don't know how to get out of that hole once I'm there. So I'm just going to do whatever I can to try to avoid it. Um, and then at the same time, they're avoiding real depth. Um, yeah. And the medicine that can come from rupture and chaos and, uh, you know, this cycle of like death and rebirth that happens in these situations. So, yeah. So what can you 
do, I guess, um, for learning to be with this kind of stuff some more. I mean, obviously, this is the kind of stuff that I teach um, couples in coaching or I teach at retreats and stuff like that. We do a lot of this type of work. Um, yeah, also, I mean, my favorite, like, schools of thought on this are nonviolent communication, which teaches you a lot around how to, like, speak your needs and how to communicate in a way that creates more connection and tries to meet these needs. There's also authentic relating, which I really love. It's an amazing school that teaches this kind of stuff too. Um, there's yeah, quite a lot of other conscious communication things, but there's also uh, doing the spiritual work. So doing compassion meditations, uh, things like Tong Len and meta meditations and things like that. Um, I find that's something that can be missing sometimes from the ones that are just focused on communication. It's like, how do we open our hearts more and be with uncomfortable sensations and feelings and emotions and be able to like move them through us to not hold on to it to not collapse and close down but to be able to like stay open when things are challenging and uncomfortable and to not run away from it but to like be present with it and feel into that deeper desire to come back to connection and love that's like always underneath that like I think that's really a natural impulse that we have underneath all of our conditioning and shame and whatever else is this impulse and this desire to want to yeah find harmony to want to find peace connection to want to have our needs met and yeah and also in that I mean it's not always going to come down to being perfectly harmonious and being able to repair everything sometimes it's just a mutual respectful like all right like we have different views and different beliefs and like we need to both set boundaries to not be around each other perhaps uh, perhaps it's not in our best interest to always have to like come back um the repair doesn't mean that you have to uh stay in connection with the person it yeah it can just be like a you know recognition and like okay you go your way i go my way um but without these like resentful hard feelings or without this um cord that we feel often that we have like tethered with someone when uh, there's been an unresolved situation. So just trying to, yeah, get as clear in these situations as we can um, to be able to try to find some compassion for the other person and yeah, find whatever that repair looks like for you. It could be taking your distance and uh, repairing by yourself and not seeing that person again as well. And that's also totally valid. Yeah, so hope you found this helpful or inspiring. And yeah, also, you know, this is why I think it's so important for people working in facilitation uh, to learn these kind of skills as well around like mediation and uh, conflict resolution, because these things can come up in our events and they can either be brushed aside and have people feeling shame and resentment and uh, feeling like they weren't seen in their pain, or it can be alchemized and turned into something that can actually create more love, depth, connection, um, if you have the bravery as a space holder to go there and um, have some skills to know how to work with it. So that's what we aim to offer with our facilitator training for those that are interested. 
right, much love. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it inspiring. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through my website, sensualartistry.com and sensualarts.school, where you can get some freebies and sign up to my mailing list to stay in touch. Hope to see you again soon.